Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Q&A Quest, the first episode in 2017, where I promise I will fucking swear less. Well. Yep. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always... David McBurney, Fanboy Master, whatever you want to call me. Yes. So, we have a fun slate of uh, review, year in review-ish questions and other sorts of questions, so we can look back at 2016 and not weep over the many celebrity deaths. Road to Sunday revolves around Blake Dugan, who inherits a pro football team after his father is killed in a suspicious explosion <laughs> while in Jamaica. Uh... We were into we were on some wild discussions before we started recording. Yes, uh, so I had just been watching Bad News Bears, and uh, Dave apparently was talking about some weird. What was it? Some game based off the Major League movies? It was based off of the movie Major League. It was a Japan-only Famicom game published by Iron. Oh, oh my god. It, like you, you will never forget like that weird digitized version of the logo for Major League. Wow. And so, yeah, and then I started talking about weird sports games. You join us for our new podcast about weird sports games. Uh... Oh, all right. So, it's a new year, many cool RPGs on the way, but we have to look back and see what random nonsense you see there. I almost said the S word and, and I avoided it. Oh, you're a good boy now. What random nonsense happened in the past year? Uh, so, with that in mind, we have our first question from RP Gamers on Starbucks. We've got a lot of questions. We have so many questions. Uh, What did you think was the most irritating gaming-related thing in 2016? People flipping out over every little Nintendo Switch rumor, uh, overreactions to quote-unquote censorship, VR nonsense, something else entirely. Uh, I'm going to start off by saying that I think all the Switch stuff is hilarious. Yeah. 200% hilarious. I saw, like, a Google Doc that was, like, someone's Reddit fever dream about everything that they claimed was going to be on, <laughs> on Switch. In the, and it was just, like, the most insane, like, what am I reading, like, oh, man, it's going to have, like, everything is going to happen on this thing. And it's, like, if even a tenth of that was true, it would be amazing. But it's also the most insane fever dream I've ever read. Yeah, like, uh, I could see how some people found that irritating, but I found it fun and hilarious. And really, it I think it's kind of driven by the fact that, you know, normally you got, like, oh, the PS4 or the Xbox One, and we kind of have a general idea of what they're going to be. But, you know, Nintendo systems are usually different, so... Really That's what makes them no fun. Idea. Like exactly. Like, uh, like before it came out, Switch was like some sort. Of, like before it was announced, Switch was some sort of weird, like, sh- like straight up Schrodinger situation. There could be anything in that. We really don't know. <laughs> it might be a. It, like it might secretly be a toaster. Who knows? Like try, it kind of like now that I think about it, it kind of is a toaster because like yeah. you put it in the. You put it in the slide deck. true. Oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, and, like, now that it's now that they've shown us it, but not defined 90% of what it does, it's even more like, just keep thinking about it. Who knows? Yeah. Meanwhile, you have things like PS4 Pro for that 4K TV I definitely yeah. own. Yeah. Or I, Xbox I... One Scorpio for... 
probably also for that 4K TV that I definitely own. But doesn't the S support 4K TVs? I believe it does. I don't know so, what Scorpio is, very, but very whatever it is, it's just going to be the same thing, but with more graphics. Yes. Like, they had, like, five graphics in the last one, there will be six this time. It's almost like they were like, hey, look at all these people buying, like, upgrading their D 3DS. Maybe we can do that with your PS4. Yeah, it's, but it's, like, it's even weirder than that, because, like, there's now two SKUs for the PS4, but neither are the SKU that it launched with. Yeah. I, I looked down, like, a timeline of PS3 SKUs from, like, ten years ago, and it was just... Oh, God. <laughs> crazy because it's like literally once every few months like here's a new one and we're swapping out this one and it ha- and like you can see like this list of like well this one kind of ha- this one has total backwards compa- compatibility with ps2 this one kind of has it but mostly software and this one has none and it's like all three of those uh like exist at varying times throughout the same year that system did not launch gracefully i guess would be the nice way to put it like, it's one of those things where it's, like, weird to think of, like, how much that people forgave the PS3, given how much it did wrong. Yeah. It's not really a good system, and... I don't know. It's w- very... Like, it's a more successful Sega Saturn. Yeah. That's... That's probably fair, given the odd hardware. Um, the odd hard hardware, the confused, like wild vacillation of the parent company. Yeah. It's just like, it's a Sega Saturn where people figured, I really can't afford to not support this. Yeah. I mean, as much as I wanted to um, dump my 360 into uh, the nearest uh, sun, um, uh, I really do appreciate that having, like, actual normal hardware in there meant that we're getting backwards compatibility now, and... Yeah, yeah, look at how much that's got. Look nice. at how good that's been. I hope you guys grabbed uh, Lost Odyssey, whether you had a 360 or a Xbox, because you could get yeah, it either way. That, that was just some crazy awesomeness. Um, it's 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 a weird time because I'm actually like liking a lot of Microsoft things. Like uh, this wasn't supposed to happen. No, I'm I'm you the Apple man. Years- you from 15 years ago working at Inside Mac Gaming and, and yes. just scowling at you right now. Seriously, like if, in case anyone doesn't know, I've been like a longtime hardcore Mac dude and wrote for Inside Mac Games and interned at a Mac-based gaming company. Does Apple still make Macs? <laughs> I, I wonder that sometimes. I really do. When are they going to reboot the Lisa? <laughs> Uh, and I, I mean, I use their phone, but I don't really like the phone. It's just kind of like, you know, I like Android less, I guess. And it integrates decently with the Mac, so I, I don't have a choice. But yeah, I like I like Microsoft Surface. I like the Xbox One. It had it definitely had some heating issues as well. But at the very least, they were software rather than hardware, so they were more fixable. <laughs> What, the Xbox One? Yeah. Yeah. And the Surface has had some issues as well, but that's also mostly software. I admit I admit that the like the Surface's like weird ability to have like a weird pseudo keyboard attached makes it more promising, more interesting to me yeah. than a traditional tablet. Uh, I mean <laughs> Yeah. It's it's a nice computer. 
We haven't even remotely begun answering this question. No, uh, yeah, what, what were we talking about? I, I don't know why I took this. Hardware, so, well, so it's not totally off topic, because it's all related to the Switch and hardware launches. Yeah, true, true. And, um, you know, we can, I guess, wonder all day about how well the Switch is going to do, but I have to think it's going to do better than the Wii U, because people immediately understand the basics of what it is. So a lot of the I, I saw... fine details are still to be discovered, but... They're being very careful about the rollout. This yeah. Time. But, I mean, you look back, it, it's basically what we all wanted the Wii U to be, I would say. Yeah. Like, people wanted the Wii U to be something they're like, oh, I slot it in, and then I take it wherever I want to go. Yeah. Like, I think but, a, lot, a lot of people gravitated to that idea with the Wii U, and, you know, the reality is, well, I, I can't even go very far from where the Wii U is and play games. Yeah, like, it, it's nice. It's nice for, like, specific situations, but it's not to the degree that people wanted. It's a weird dry run. Right, right. Uh, I do... Uh, was it? But yeah, I I like. I feel like it, the, it's illustrative to look at the uh, Wii U's initial appearance before it had a name, where they just showed like a a trailer that was just new controller. <laughs> like the only thing the trailer says is new controller, and that's why people thought the Wii U was a peripheral for like a year and a half. Yeah, because like it just says new controller. Look at what you can do with the new controller. Whoops. And like this time, they're very much like, no, new console, brand new video game console. You plug into your TV. Yes, it can go portable, but it's a console that you plug into your TV, and then like you play big HD games on it, and then you can take it away with you. And it's obviously not the Wii or the Wii U. <laughs> also, we put it on like the Tonight Show. Like that was where probably the majority of people who are aware of it that aren't us saw it first. Sure. <laughs> and they saw like. And who hosts the Tonight Show at this point? I don't know. It's, um... All... Uh, what's his name? The guy. Yes, the guy. You know, yes. your favorite, the guy. The dude. But, like, they, they saw... they saw. Yes, it's it's hosted by the Big Lebowski. <laughs> um, but, no, they, they saw it on the Tonight Show where he's, like, you know, losing it losing it because he's, like, dropping boulders on Moblins or whatever. So it's, like, at the very least, like, about 200% better state... 200 times better stage managed than the Wii U was. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I enjoyed the NX rumors because it was just funny to watch, like, people just come up with all sorts of weird fake stuff. Yeah. Uh, like, the, like, I remember seeing, like, oh, like, like, because... Everyone was like, oh, what will the controller be? And this time it was, oh, like, I remember seeing, like, oh, man, Nintendo filed patents for a controller that has buttons that, like, shoot out of it. And it's just like, that. that's, you realize Nintendo has filed tons of patents. Sony's filed tons of patents. Might pr like, the thing about searching uh, companies for patent filings is that they're really only useful in retrospect, where it's like, oh, this was a filing for this thing that they released. But a lot of times you get things like my favorite patent that I know someone filed for was in the mid 2000s. Sony filed for a patent for a foldable controller. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of foldable Sony contro Sony controllers. No. But yeah, so like watching everyone breathlessly uh, go from weird patent to weird patent was fun. Watching like people look into every like silly. Like this 
is incredibly implausible rumor was fun. Like, I, I will miss that when it's gone. Yeah. There's nothing like a hardware launch where no one's actually sure of what's happening. <sighs> and then... So yeah, we weren't really annoyed by that one, but VR? Um, VR. Well, I have a big dumb headset in my house now. <laughs> I had to play Resident Evil 7 in some ridiculous fashion. Did you, do you really have one? Yeah, I do. Really? Yeah. Oh. Surprising. It was a... Uh, it's a long story as to how it happened. <laughs> it's a really long story. Okay. <laughs> but suffice to say, like, it's neat, kind of... Like, like, the thing about it is that it's easy to... Like, you can play it too long very easily, like, more than a couple of hours, and you're kind of disoriented and upset. Uh, and also, just anything that's out on, like, PlayStation VR, which is the one that I have, like, anything that's out on that right now is basically a tech demo. Like, every single one. <laughs> the The first truly substantial VR experience that I think basically anyone on a console is going to have is, like, if they're playing Resident Evil 7 in VR. Because I, I played the Resident Evil 7 beginning hour de demo in VR. And, like, there's clearly some things that have been done to it to make it work better in VR. But, like, it, it's it's interesting to play it in both modes because, like, it only... Re like, there's a lot of stuff that's on that only exists in the VR mode just as, like, a attempt to establish further verisimilitude. It's very strange. Weird. But it's interesting, and it's, like, the first thing that you can play in VR that's meant to last more than, like, an hour. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all the other things. Like, Batman Arkham VR, it's interesting, but it's, like, 30 minutes long. Uh, like, all the, like, the PlayStation VR World's disc, it's like, oh, there's a, here's a neat little light gun game. That's kind of fun to play, but, like, it's, again, it's, like, 20 minutes long. Like all of the like, there's there's very a lot of short mini games, a lot of what amount to tech demos without any real substance. So it's a it's a carnival trick at this point. <laughs> but like, there is interesting like applications that can be put to. So I'm interested in it, even if I think that like it's going to have difficulty finding broad acceptance, just because like PSVR is four hundred dollars. Yeah. Without without any of the accessories and you you kind of need half of the accessories anyway anyway you cannot use any sort of head tracking without the camera and that's important to like there's literally not a VR game I've played that doesn't have head tracking so like the camera is required and then like half of them are also designed around move controllers which are obviously just remaindered because if you use the move controllers you will find that they're still using mini USB not micro USB hmm. like the actual PS4 controllers use <laughs> suspicious a little bit just a little uh, but yeah like the like th those things together are obviously the way you're supposed to play g most games in VR and not having them like, getting the full package, the cheapest you can get, is $500. And that's, like, the cheapest, quote-unquote, good VR. Like, you can get cheaper things like the gear or, like, I think Google Cardboard or, like, that other Google thing that's also VR but has a different name. I don't know what that costs. But, like, 
all of those are super expensive. Like, it's super expensive, and it's really hard to demo outside of, like, a store kiosk or a convention, like, where you can actually put one on and be like, oh, this is actually really neat if you have the, like, space and money for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Because it needs the camera for head tracking, like, it's really hard to use PSVR in a really small room. I can imagine. <laughs> just just another heads up for potential consumers. It, it's not uh, super clear on the box. Yeah. It also might be the most complicated uh, peripheral I've ever plugged in. <laughs> like, it has a separate <laughs> mini processor that you plug... That one of the, you root one of the HDMI th- uh, ports through, and then it has, like, a different pass-through port that you root back to your TV, and then, like, it connects to the PS4 in, like, three other places, and then it connects to the camera in another place. Very, very... Like, it took, like, an hour to set up. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to, like, one day moving and having to move that object. Yeah. But it's neat! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The idea of VR is very cool, but... Um, it's, like, it's getting to what they were advertising at you in the 90s. Yeah. But at the same time, I can also see why a lot of developers probably didn't do more than just like pretty simple things for it. Oh, definitely. There's, well, there's also like it, it's really obvious that there's like a lot of greater processor hurdle on it, just because like everything is like a generation ago worth of like an entire generation of graphics falls away. Yeah. Like, and I think that might also be one of the issues that they have attracting like. Uh, AAA developers is just like your game is going to have to look look worse. Like you, if you're making a game in VR, you cannot make a game that looks as good as you're used to using in advertisements. Yeah. And so, like, they they do have to adapt around that. And like, there are some games that I've seen where it's like this would be really cool in VR, and I'm not sure that they'll ever be willing to make the graphical sacrifices to make a VR version. I was looking at like Ubisoft Steep with head tracking in first person would be really, really amazing. And they're probably never going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that that idea is really appealing of, like, adding that extra sensory... Per, uh, that extra sensory data to the concept of simulating, like, winter sports is really neat-sounding. And... Yeah, like, you know, it looked like the sort of game where they would eventually announce, oh, there will be a VR version as well, and they haven't bothered... But, like, it's also clear that, like, there is an expectation these are going to take a while to be adopted. The, yeah. PS, the PSVR, like, launch numbers were, like, we made, like, 50,000 of these. Hmm. Like, they did not make a tremendous number of them because they know they're going to be slow adoption. Makes sense. So, yeah, there's me ra- blathering about VR and why I didn't find it irritating because I had one. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I didn't really think it was irritating. I can understand why they want to try and push something new. It's one of those things where, like, there there is some degree of, like, schadenfreude to me about it, because it's like, the, as, as a lifelong Nintendo fan, like, there is a degree of, like, oh, Nint- Nintendo's been trying to push, like, motion controls for ten years, and now that VR is back, like, suddenly everyone pushes motion controls again, and yeah. suddenly it seems like a good idea again. And it's just like, Guys, you you spent like I spent five years defending games with motion controls as not automatically terrible. (laughs) 
But that's yeah. that's about the the extent of my irritation. Yeah, and I mean, I think VR or the motion controls do make a bit more sense in the context of VR. So I certainly They're understand still every using it. Buggy. Yeah, well, that's that is sucky. Like like the the issue you run into is that like, you, like they're they're probably a little more refined, but the problem is they're now much more sensitive to being wrong because they're almost always a stand-in for your hands. Right. So, like, you reach your hand towards something and it doesn't quite get right in 3D space where you are and you, like, miss miss it by a mile and it's just like, <sighs> like, like the Like, a Wii Remote could fail to get where you were going in 3D space, but in most games, like, they were... The, their design was fault top. But if you're trying to simulate a hand, your design can't be fault top. Right. So, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's that's a lot of me just blathering. I apologize. Oh, sorry. Video games, virtual reality in video games, yes. VR simulator. I need to pick up Res Infinite and experience what an acid trip is like without getting arrested. <laughs> so, is that two topics we weren't actually annoyed by? Uh yeah no, um I've mostly been pretty chill about video games this year, mm. except for the, except for the quote unquote censorship thing. No, I'm, I'm, well okay well, well I will fight and die on that hill. Before <laughs> before we get to that one, are are there any other things not listed that were annoying? Uh any like speaking of whether I was annoyed by something based on whether I embraced it uh, early enough, I'm kind of done with people trying to sell me a 4k tv by trojan horsing <laughs> video game through it yeah like like it's fascinating to look up what 4k content exists video games it's the only 4k content content that you can find like seven super blu-ray movies exist that's about it yeah i mean i listen i standard definition to hd was pretty obvious to me the 4K thing, not so much. The irony is that I feel like they're not pushing the part of 4K that's actually useful. What's that? So, like, UHD as a standard has a different color spectrum than HDTV, and it's a broader one. Ah. So, like, if you see an actual, like, 4K uh, display that is displaying on a higher color spectrum, like, you see some a, an image that's more colorful and more like rich to look at and that's more that's more eye-catching than it has twice as many pixels and it's like i can barely tell when you switch from 720 to 1080 and i absolutely can't tell when you switch from 1080 to freaking 4k <laughs> see maybe you should be trying to sell 4k tvs for them like the the, the issue is that again you can't see that yeah like, well the, well I guess I should say, like, they can tell you in raw numbers it has twice as many pixels, but saying it's more colorful doesn't come across unless you're seeing it. And then, yeah. of course, like, I wander through a big box store, and, like, their 4K TVs that they have are showing nothing but winter sports, which is, like, predominantly white. <laughs> I can't even tell what colors are in this picture, because it's nothing but snow. <laughs> 
And it's like, you should oh be God. showing me a psychedelic head trip right next to a normal HDTV that shows me that, like, this has so much richer color definition. Seriously. Okay, there's there's amateur marketing analysis rant. First, <laughs> 3.0. <laughs> oh, let me think of anything that annoyed me this year. It's the old Jaguar problem. Do the math. It has, like, a billion bits. Do the math. I don't. I don't care how many bits it has. Sixteen plus sixteen plus sixteen plus sixteen equals sixty-four. Angry teacher shouts, "Jaguar, Jaguar, Jaguar!" At a. It's amazing. Uh, I just. I'm just gonna rant about the Jaguar ad for another minute there. Like that ad is amazing because it's insulting to everyone involved. Because <laughs> like it has the it has the <laughs> insane angry teacher screaming at them about how like the Jaguar is sixty-four bits, but then like. The, the person that presumably represents the audience who's supposed to be understanding her is, like, literally a drooling, like, vegetable. <laughs> like, the, the, the implication is both that we're insane, that also the audience is, like, are, like, morons that don't deserve our high technology. And, like, it, it's, it's one of the worst, like, it's a study of just, like, awful ads. <laughs> Okay, there's the Jaguar. The Atari was not in its right mind in the mid-90s. Not sure if you knew. I had an idea. It was the worst. Literally the worst. Okay, okay. Uh, continue. My stupid annoyance, and this is really stupid, and but I have to, I have to do this. I'm very annoyed by one... Random Vita games not being compatible with the Vita TV. And two less and less Vita, Vita releases on physical carts. And while I can perfectly understand that no one really cares about either of those, both of those are very frustrating to me. It is tragic being in that minority. Yes. Like it's it's the least like damaging like the least damage you could suffer while still being labeled a minority, but at the same time it's still like ah uh. yeah like yeah. so the Vita TV thing you know I understand no one really bought it and no one really cares uh, but at this point I would like it would be nice if they just like whitelist every game and then we can just deal with problems if they come up. Yeah, like I understand. Why I'm that's sure not homebrew. I'm, I'm sure homebrew can do that, but like at the same time, it's like once once you stop manufacturing them, Sony, go ahead and just say like everything's undertaken at the user's own risk. Some games might not work properly. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they've stopped manufacturing them. Pretty sure. <laughs> but hey, you can play Persona 4 Golden, which is the killer app, and it's the cheapest way to play that game. Yeah, but it's just it's just been frustrating. Like. Um... So I started so to finally dig into my Atelier backlog. I uh, started playing the newest one, which is only available as a digital download mm. on the Vita. Yeah. And you know, it was just like, okay, what the hell do I have to delete to install this damn thing? Because it's like three gigabytes. And it just gets it's every card. Yeah, <laughs> it gets frustrating. You know, a lot of games. I mean, it's not always. The thing is, it's not always annoyance because for some things like, say, Dragon Quest Builders, which is like a few hundred megs, you know, I don't really care. 
because... Oh, here's another, like, minor annoyance that's not really of this year, but, like, Sony, why did you make the Vita's, like, stupid bubbles such that, like, even on digital games, like, deleting the bubble deletes all of the save data, and there's no way to save the save data separately. That's a good point. Like, that's horrible. Like, every time I need to delete something, I have to, like, think to myself, am I okay with just losing all of my save data in this game? Yeah. Like, that's one of the advantages of buying games on cards, is that you can keep the bubble and not keep the... and not have it take up tremendous amounts of space. Yep. And that's that's not even always the case, because you get, um... I'm gonna say get some things with huge patches like if you wanted to play if you wanted to buy uh kill zone whatchamacallit mercenary like the only good kill zone game the uh, only good vita fps yeah it, it's got like two gigs or so of patches i think and then there's like a patch to reduce the size of other i don't know that i don't know it's a lot Patch size really have gone out of control this generation it's kind yeah. of amazing it's like they they like were given carte blanche to make patch sizes as large as they wanted, and suddenly like, oh, here's an eight gigabyte patch. Yeah. So basically, you know, the Vita is a victim of its own shortfalls, pretty much. It's it's a victim of Sony like thinking that the problem with the PSP was that it just wasn't console enough. Yeah. And just being like, make it more console, make it more console. I, speaking of like your earlier statement, I need to pick up an Adelaide game. I've been thinking about picking up some of the dust. Yeah, games. they're they're pretty fun. Um, I was watching a, I was watching a friend play through Esha and Loki uh, while I was visiting them over Christmas, and that was fun. Yeah, they're just uh, you know they're fun. Uh, I haven't played that specific one yet, which. Uh, the second dust. Yeah. yeah, that's actually one of the soon-to-be two uh, Vita ones that will actually have a cart release. Because it's going oh, wow. to have a cart release this month. That's pretty nice. Oh, Maybe oh wait, no, I'm sorry. That one is already on a cart. The sequel to that one is getting a cart it's, this month. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the third one in that series is. It's like Aisha, Eshet, and Logi, and... Yeah. Uh, uh, Sophie? No, Sophie's the latest one that I've been playing. It's, uh... Something? Adelier Girl's name. Yeah, there you go. Um, I like how I like how the pun in Esha and Logi doesn't, like, translate at all. Is there a pun in there? So, to say and in Japanese, you would usually say to. So you put the two together and you get Eshatology. Uh... Clever. Study of the end of the world. Clever. <laughs> Which fits the Dusk series' like obsession with, like, our planet is dying. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that. I, I definitely want to jump into that sub sub series next because that whole idea sounds interesting. Yeah, it had like it, it was very interesting to me. I want to pick up like that's the sub series I'm going to try the Adelier series with. Like, I'm like the only thing that's holding me back at this point is the thought that there is a reason. Uh, the third one in that series is Ashley, Adelier Shaley. Okay. 
But the only thing holding me back on trying that is that they're like when they finished the previous subseries, the Arlen series, they made like a digital pack that gave you all three for oh, eighty yeah. rather than a hundred twenty. And I'm thinking they might do that with Dusk, and that would be nice. But like maybe. Who knows? They didn't even announce that they'd done it with Arland. It just happened, and then, like, the internet was like, when did this happen? <laughs> well, you know, Tecmo Koei really, really advertises that series very well. It's weird. Like, it's it's such a weird series. It's kind of shocking that, like, they keep releasing them like clockwork in the U.S. Well, I think they sell. I think they sell fine. Yeah, I, I think they sell fine, but it's just, like, it's it's a very, like... It's an audience that's like probably perfectly understood. Like this will sell this many copies, and we don't yeah. even have to think about. It. Some of the Vita ones have been funny though. Like I think a uh, Totori, which is the second one in the Ireland series, I believe, yeah. it came out on the Vita, and no one had any idea that it was going to be released. Like I think that like Totori Plus was I think the first Vita one, because like the Ireland series was released yeah. on Vita out of. Yeah. My personal favorite, like, where where did this come from? In Japan, the first Arlen game, Rorona, came out on 3DS in 2015. That's like and a none weird... of the others. There is no other 3DS Atelier game. That's a weird remake of the first one, though. It's not even an actually, like, the original version of it. What? Yeah. <laughs> and Why? Which, well, and and here's the here's the funny thing about that. The reason. They, those games were released out of order on the Vita is because uh, the first that, one like, the, order to- they actually the, take place in? the first one got re got a remake and that's the one that the Vita eventually got and that's why it didn't come out <laughs> in the so correct confused. order yeah I don't understand <laughs> uh they seem neat. I'll play them eventually when I have money. Yakuza Zero comes out this month, and I kind of needed to spend a lot of my spare money yeah. on that. Uh, but yeah, they're fun games. You can probably find some of them on the cheap, especially the PS3 versions. Yeah, but the Vita versions have more content. Yeah, and um, and they're portable. If that's a series you're interested in, you're gonna have to own a PS4. Pretty much, because yeah, like the, the, they're going to rapidly stop coming out. Like they're oh, they also come out on PC now though. Well, that's true. I forgot about that. Like the the two games in the Mysterious series, Sophie and Virus, both have like PC releases that are like day and date of their PS4 yeah. releases. Well, actually, um, Tecmo Koei and Namco Bandai are both getting pretty good with PC releases. Like you can get you can get uh, Tales games on Steam, which is not something. I expected to see. There was that weird period where, like, one of the lesser, like, sales sites was selling a Steam key for Tales of Zestiria for $11 that also randomly came with a Tales of Symphonia Chronicles Steam key as well. <laughs> weird. Oh, yeah, Tales of Berseria is out soon as well. Yeah. This is a bizarrely packed month month for me. Me too. It's terrible. Yeah. Like Kingdom Hearts 2.8, also this month. Dragon Quest 8, also this month. Yakuza 0, also this month. Yep. Like, I I don't have that much money in January. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> I can't say no to Yakuza 0. They bleed yen in it. Like, you punch a man and yen comes flying out of his corpse. It's like River City Ransom all over again. 
I'm gonna be really upset if like there's no like enemy defeat that causes a barf subtitle. Stop tem- tempting me with that game. I have too much to buy. I gotta get gravity. It's a really good one to to just come in on. And hey, I Amazon gotta... currently has it for like ten dollars off. I gotta get that. I got well, sorry. And I it comes get... with business cards for some reason. I have to get Gravity Rush two. I, I don't I don't like dra- I didn't like Gravity Rush one, so I'm fine. <laughs> Gravity Rush Run was really pretty, and I hated playing it. Dragon and Dragon Quest, and I have to buy. You need Dragon. I have to buy Tales like Clockwork. Yeah, I'll try that's to what I do. make time for Berseria. Like I've already triaged. Like I will pick up Kingdom Hearts 2.8 sometime in the next few months because that's not going anywhere. Well, I haven't even played Zestiria, which I'm going to do after 15. So, like Zestiria is and Berseria are actually in the same world, apparently. Yeah. Like, it's weird that there are two games that follow off each other that much. But, like, Zestir- I, I hope that Berseria, like, makes good on some of the promises of Zestiria, because Zestiria has a lot of good ideas that I don't think it really fully executes on. Yeah, it should be interesting to see. But it's still a good game. Yeah. So, and it's, it's super cheap now, so if you're interested in a Tales of game and want an experimental one, it's a good one. I definitely recommend it. It's got a really, really good combat system. Not because I've played it, but because it's uh, people should buy Tales. It's a super, super good combat system. Like, yeah. it, even if other systems in the game don't always work, the combat system is completely on point. Like a nice refinement of the already amazing Graces F combat system. Oh, Graces F, so good. So underrated. Um, but let's see. Uh, do, we uh, have, do we have to talk about the other topic now? Yeah, we do have to eventually, unless you've got uh, another thing to like bring up. Not really. Okay. Uh, <sighs> I. Uh, things things that are censor that are censorship that I'm going going to care about. We cut out this quest because we thought we cut out like a bunch of these quests because we thought that like they would offend you. Censorship I'm not going to care about. I can I cannot see this character's butt without like when I tilt the camera. How dare That's you? There. How dare you cut out my butt seeing? Wow. I don't know. Like, more than likely, it's not even, like, it's not even, like, they think that something's wrong with Western sensibilities. It's more than likely, like, they're making one skew, Peggy doesn't like it, so, like, or, like, ESRB, maybe, or Peggy, it depends, but, like, they're making one English skew for the, for the entire, like, English-speaking world, and they're going to try to make sure that it fits under, like, it needs to be a teen, and it needs to be Peggy 12, and each of those, like... Uh, areas like, like each area has a slightly different idea of what constitutes which rating, and yeah, like I would imagine that's probably the uh, the source of most minor content edits. Pretty much. Like uh, if they're cutting out like entire subplots, I'm gonna be a little upset because like the package has been made lesser. I probably will still buy it because you know half a game is better than none game. 
but like I could see being irritated about it. But I, I don't care. Like I live on the internet. If I want to see someone's butt, like I can go and Google will help me. <laughs> well, hey, well, there's a lot of things about this that annoy me. Um, certainly, one of the biggest ones. Uh, shit, I lost my train of thought. Shit, I swore. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be in a—he's gonna be in a loop if he keeps doing that. But like, th- there seems to be like this assumption that like these these content addicts exist because of like some weird like pseudo puritanical purge. Ah, that, yes, like, that's that's what my thought was. That it's all like evil bad companies stealing spectacular content from you or something. And it's like, no, it's mostly just that they're like. Most people will still buy this if we cut this out, but we can also sell it more places. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, we really wanted we really wanted a teen rating for this game. Yeah, like this is a game that is meant for teenagers, and if we put this in it, it's gonna get an M rating, and there's suddenly like the audience that it was made for can't play it anymore. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, there's there's some simple arithmetic in it, and it's like, you know, like I'm not gonna fault someone for being like, nah, maybe maybe we shouldn't do that. Like maybe we should play, the, maybe we should like make a game for an actual audience. Like I've I've played games in the '90s. I remember when games actually got censored of actual content. <laughs> like I remember when Persona like was missing giant horps of it because like they just didn't have time or money. Or whatever, but it was missing giant chunks of it. I remember playing Mortal Kombat with sweat for blood, and it was still yeah, better Mortal than the Kombat Genesis was version. Regardless of which version you were playing, it so it was still matter. better than the Genesis version, which was like, garbage. Was still, the problem is you were still playing Mortal Kombat. Yeah, uh, that's true. But yeah, no, it's like it, it's just one of those things where it's like I don't have time to care, like I. Like, I'm not going to argue that this is a slippery slope because it obviously hasn't been. <laughs> like, we're getting more of these games than we used to. Yeah. I, I just... I don't... Guys, it... Well, and, you know, other than just the absurdity of it all, what really annoys me was with um, Fire Emblem Pound... Just going like absolutely Sharp, ape over a bunch of like clothing changes when you—it's an RPG. Why is that? It's an RPG where your why is that change, your clothing changes constantly? By but the way, why is that uh, the top priority? It's it's a story-based RPG. Why is this the thing that? Why is this the line in the sand you're drawing? Why? Why do you? No, even, this why did give rise to my care? favorite meme. Of, this did give rise to my favorite meme of 2016, which was they censored the vagina bones. <laughs> uh, whoever yeah. said that, the internet will not let you live it down because no. it's the most like, <laughs> like I don't know how a vagina works, but I'm very upset. And and this is like. Um probably like the tenth time that I'm going to remind everyone that the mini game that was cut for the international release of Fire Emblem Fates is I'm gonna swear again, sorry. Absolute shit. It is I think we're terrible. still at PG thirteen because you aren't dropping F bombs. Um 
But uh, let's see. Yeah, like it's it's just one of those like if if I were to hazard a guess, there probably was some internal debate about whether to keep that mini game, and it was probably actually cut more because it's just not fun. Yeah, it's it's not good. Like, like. Touching people in the face is, like, something that they would probably consider weird, but it probably wouldn't be something that they would consider out of line. No. But the fact that no one enjoyed it, and it was weird, is probably what killed it much more than just being weird. Yeah. And, and you know, I've seen a lot of this, like, starting to go over to, like, actual good localizations, like, whining about um, Japanese voices, you know, in a lot of cases, it's not even like these aren't valid complaints. It's like you the you're taking them to an illogical yes, extreme. The vit- Every, as the many games as possible, you're using is absurd. Like as many games as possible should ideally have as many languages language supported as possible. Exactly. But like at the same time, like understand that like there's things that go into this that makes them hard to do sometimes. Yeah. Or it's like. Oh, there is like one of these voice actors is managed by some sort of company that's just like, no, you can't use this outside of this track outside of Japan. Like that happens a lot with like J-pop songs. Like when a game's when a, when a song gets cut from a game, it's because renegotiating its use for international use is super expensive. Yeah, record companies are vicious. And you know, you can ask these publishers on like Twitter and stuff like that. They're, yeah, they're more open about this than they've ever been in the yeah. past. They have ways to do so. And like, I feel like the thing about it is for a lot of these niche public, like these niche games, the people localizing them are probably about the biggest fans of the games that exist. Like, to take an example, like, I think a couple days ago it was, the XC Twitter got taken over by the company's biggest Trails fan. <laughs> and it's like the reason that Trails games keep getting localized is because someone in the company really likes them. Yeah. And it's probably true for a lot of these kinds of like super niche product products where it's like the amount of money made or lost on its development is probably pretty negligible either way. So someone inside the company is really pushing for it. I guess all I want to say is just, just cut people some slack. They really are trying, I think. They are. And it's just like, you have to run and like, I've spent a long time understanding that the things that I want aren't generally popular. So the fact that anyone is willing to go to bat and make them happen anyway is something that I should appreciate. <laughs> because otherwise, like, I wouldn't even know what I was missing. And and really, I guess the real point I want to take away from this is if, even if you're mad about some sort of change to a game, um, can we not go to the worst extreme of complaining and maybe Can, take it like, slow like, be nice about it does it just, like, it's like just speak, ridiculous speak, speak with the understanding that the person on the other end is a human being that probably like heard a lot of these internal debates it's like and, and just like you know maybe maybe don't like go into like full internet attack mode because like, uh, that has historically helped zero people. Like, negative people, really. Yeah. Like, fewer than zero people have been helped by going into internet attack mode. Yeah, and that's all. You know? Like, I'll understand that, like, you don't want content edited. Like, I, I don't necessarily get... I don't necessarily care, but I understand, like, the principle behind it. It's just, like, un- 
you know, there's there's a lot that goes into this. Yeah. These are really complex products with complex decision-making processes behind them. Yeah, and, and I don't want to act like we're defending some stupid decisions, like hiding breasts in, in this day and age is ridiculous. But uh, to put it all on the shoulders of, you know, some developer being mean instead of looking at the deeper problems it helps nothing and no one. Yeah, I just just treat other people like people. It's all yeah. the, like when you start with that principle, you'll move into like making these things that are you know pseudo controversies that get everyone involved gets dragged into like having the worst possible reputation among some corner, and like exactly. they turn into these horrifying cold wars. <laughs> and and I mean if you if you think that, um. You know, censorship is a real issue. Maybe you should be looking at the ESRB instead of uh, put whining about your favorite. Tribute publisher. money to things like the ESA. Think yeah. about like the society that causes like people to be concerned about this content. Or just I don't know. Like I guess there, there's also always like the the deeper localization issue that this touches on. But like I feel like the other thing to remember is that like people working on these localizations usually have access to more primary documents than we do. Yeah. So like when something goes through, it's not like they did it without the person like the without the people that, who were being localized knowing about it. Like this isn't like 1997 like working designs where they just change stuff and then like the publisher the developer may or may not know about it like there's too much communication for them to not know about it. This stage. <laughs> even if like they didn't, even if they weren't told, they're gonna find out. Seriously. But then again, they're probably the ones implementing the changes. Right. So yeah, like just, just do just be cool to each other, people. Be excellent just to each all. other and yeah. party on. Dudes. Party on. That's all. Let's go back. Let's go back to the time of Bill, Bill and or Ted. <laughs> ah, good old Bill and or Ted. <sighs> I missed them. All right, should we move on to some other questions? Since we've now, oh dear lord, that was almost an hour on one question. Yeah, let's move on. It was a really good question. Yeah. Thank you, strawberry eggs. Uh, okay. Uh, do we want to go Budai's question next? Questions? Sure. Questions? Let's go down that list. There's a lot of them. Yes. Uh, so the first one, which uh, I think may have been a reply to something from our last episode. No, the 3D After Years. That's the Final Fantasy IV After Years, I assume. It was bad in my opinion, but I will agree Ratchet and Clank was good. I got it for $9 on Black Friday and almost got the Platinum Trophy. What a good game. Yes, Ratchet and Clank the remake is bananas good. And has tons of RPG elements. We're okay yeah. in talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, if somebody on the site came up to me and said, hey, we're going to cover Ratchet and Clank games, I wouldn't even bat an eye. Be like, okay, yeah. can I review the remake? <laughs> can I review all of them? <laughs> can I review all of them? <laughs> can I go on a binge of Ratchet and Clank? You're allowed to start with Going Commando, which has a level-up system for both uh, weapons and character. I think and I, an armor system. I think I need to go pitch this case now. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Yeah, that's the, that's the part of this question we're going to focus on, Ratchet and Clank, the remake being awesome. Yeah. Um, the, Rochester yeah, and Clunk. That's how you remake an old game into something amazing. Biggie and Smalls. Take the core of the original, you know, shine it up real nice, and, you know... Don't do that awesome thing controls. that you're thinking of doing. <laughs> no, no, this is not uh, how The Rock remake, remakes games, no. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah, yeah, 3D after you is probably trash. Uh, well, like, the, the, the old, the the rather old and uh, country sort of saying, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear, kind of comes to mind. <laughs> uh, 3D Final Fantasy IV is really good. Yeah, but, like, 3D the after years is still, like, the base content is the after years. Yeah, so, yeah, no, no. At least it's not the interlude, I guess. It's fine. It's fine. Final Fantasy IV still exists in many fine forms. Play one of those. And just, you know, pretend it ends there. Blame yourself for God. Yeah. For many years, it did end there. We can go back to that time. Uh, speaking of trophies, what do you think of them? Final Fantasy XV was the first game I ever got the Platinum for. Do either of you have any Platinum trophies? I have one! I have none. I got the Platinum. I don't care about trophies or achievos. Uh, yeah, I normally don't, but for some reason, I looked at the trophy list uh, after I finished Natural Doctrine for review, and was like... Oh, I remember you doing this. This yeah. is disgusting. It was like, yeah, I can get all those, including the multiplayer ones, because uh, I had the advantage of... I think I played this I game played it. early before it came out? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you played the game for Yeah, okay. That's what I thought, because, you know, once people started getting it and playing multiplayer, I um, took great joy in obliterating many an opponent, some of which who sent me very nice messages post I loved you. Uh, but yeah, I had the advanced knowledge of knowing how to break the battle system over my knee. And, and let they me, had just bought the game three hours ago. And let me tell you how, because it's not exactly obvious, and certainly wouldn't be to someone that just like picked up the game and was messing around with the multiplayer. So the hard-to-grasp thing about Natural Doctrine, this turn-based strategy game, is each round... See what you've done! <laughs> each round, all of, your, all of your party members get one guaranteed action. That means at some point they can do something. So the thing is, when a character <laughs> does an action such as attack an enemy, um, by meeting certain conditions, like basically characters in adjacent squares, they also get an action. Um, and w this is certainly a very confusing battle system. If you use that bonus action before the character has had, like, a, I don't even know really t what to call it, their main turn, the primary turn... Before sure. before they've been like the initiator of an action, I guess, then they lose that turn. Um, and I think the game does an exceptionally poor job of explaining this. But once you understand that, um, it's you, you learn to be very careful about when to use those extra turns, because by not using those extra turns before the characters use their main action, you get a lot more bonus actions, pretty much. Um, and later on in the game, there is an action, there is a skill that resets all those 
primary or main actions or whatever you, you want to call it. So you can then chain a bunch of more extra actions in one round. So, um, one of the multiplayer characters you can get has said skill, so as soon as I had that character, I just destroyed so many poor, poor people in multiplayer. And yeah, I, I managed to get the Platinum. Um, funny enough, I don't think the multiplayer were the last trophies I did. I think I finished like all the story mode trophies last, which they really weren't that hard. You had to. I, I remember you. Was that the game where you like asked the where you asked the like the publisher on Twitter or something whether the difficulty selection worked? Um, it's possible. Yes. Because I, uh, I think that yeah, I think that was something related to like something in the end of the game. Yeah. And I don't remember if there was actually an issue there or not, but uh, yeah. Um, the, I think the hardest thing to get there, since I trounced so many multiplayer games, was um, they also have like co-op in multiplayer, and some of that was difficult. Although I took care of that. And then you have to get you have to get the best ending, which requires you to um, finish the final battle with all the characters surviving. Because that's and which is funny because the final string of battles is the only time in the game where someone dying doesn't immediately give you a game over. Instead, they they just die, <laughs> and then you get a different ending because of that. So that was a little brutal. I think I actually had to do that on easy, and I think that's where I ended up asking them, somebody about it. But yeah, uh, natural doctrine. Uh, oh, and to, you also have to play through. You have to play through the game twice because um, your second time through something different happens, and I don't really want to spoil anything in case I finally convince someone to play the game. But yeah, there's that. Yeah. Um, Not happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really care about trophies, though. Sometimes it's neat to look at the list and see if, you know, it's possible to get through them. And... Like, I, I might occasionally, like, I'll look down the list and see if there's anything that's easy for me to get. I think I came close to getting a, a Platinum on Persona 4 Golden because I just played it so much that yeah. most of them I got by accident. Um, but I, th I think what really drew me to Natural Directions was just, it was like purely skill based instead of a lot of a lot of times there's a lot of just really stupid ones like you, you have to do things that aren't purely natural to the game like I think another one which is one I attempted but didn't ended up end up finishing because it required playing its terrible multiplayer mode was uh, the Tomb Raider remake because all the single player ones involved like uh, tracking down lots of collectibles and things like that that you would normally be looking for as a, through the course of the game. And it was pretty fun to go back through the different areas of the island and search for all that stuff, so that was cool. But in general, there's a lot of stupid stuff. Like, I think one of the ones for Dark Souls is like getting every single weapon in the game. Like, I, I don't want to do that. That's not fun. It's Half not of them fun don't even do anything different. Yeah. Like, when a Natural Doctrines was win 100 multiplayer matches, which actually included co-op. And, you know, that's fun. That's trying you to know, accomplish it, that. 
it's one of my fun. favorite, one of my all-time favorite when people were still feeling out how achievements were supposed to work was that a bunch of EA's like achievements in their sports games in like 2006 all crazy things like become number one in the world in Tiger Woods PGA Tour. <laughs> like, probably like seven people got that achievement. See, that's pretty cool. Like, I don't think that's cool. That's just, like, obnoxious. <laughs> like, Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think there's a real sweet spot for how to do these things. Kind of depends on the game and um, achievements that are fun achievements and trophies that are fun to me are ones that like either are things that I'm going to get and it's like oh this is a reminder of like oh yeah I did that or they're things that like encourage me to play the game weird I'd like to go back to the Devil May Cry remake and see what the trophies for that are yeah give me an excuse to play the updated version of that you mean the uuh, the reboot not the remake yeah there's no remake. I'm no, sorry, reboot. No, 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 Yeah, I should check those. I don't, I, uh, I don't think I'd want to do trophies for the original Devil May Cry because it's kind of all over the place game-wise. It's an odd game. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's very like, obviously this was Resident Evil 4 and then we decided it wasn't Resident Evil anymore. Yeah. Uh, Which is fine because it, it, it launched... It's an important... launched a neat series and a lot of games draw from it, but... On its own, the map it's... jumped a triangle for some reason. Yeah. A strange game. But fun game. Yeah, good game. Very interesting to watch the evolution of a genre from its like primary uh, yeah. shared ancestor. Look at that, and then look at Bayonetta. Bayonetta, you mystery. And then weep at all my stone trophies in Bayonetta. You're garbage. Uh, pretty bad. Get pretty get much. Pretty much. I still need to go back through and play Bayonetta, a stone trophy-free Bayonetta run. That's going to be hard. Bayonetta, you mystery. And uh, that's that. You know what? That is now backwards compatible on the Xbox. So I may have to play it on there to so Apparently, I can stream it my terribleness. Well. Oh man. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that. Noted. But that's not an RPG, so I think that's probably a sign we should move yeah. on. Okay. Well, not, well, I, you know, I guess it's not totally relevant because we're talking trophies in general. We're moving on. Okay, we're moving on anyway. Okay. There used to be a general thought in gaming that Western players liked easier games or that some games were too hard for the West. Somewhere along the line, that mentally switched, and you hear talk from a lot of Jap Japanese developers who are saying Japan doesn't like hard games. Why do you think this is? Do you think either mentally had either mentality had any merit if so when and how did this evolve I think that there's like sub like subsets of consumers that like both types in both yeah. and it's probably a fairly similar proportion uh, like the thing about it is that it was never really that consistent like Ninja Gaiden 3 on the NES is way 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 harder in the English version because they didn't want people renting things <laughs> uh but then, like, a few years later, we don't get Final Fantasy V, and not because it's a hard game, it's a super easy game, but because its subsystems are considered super weird and, like, difficult to easily explain in English, so hmm. they just didn't bother. And we got the easy version of Final Fantasy IV. 
Uh, actually, the easy type version postdates Final Fantasy for US. It's actually based on Final Fantasy for US. Really? That is yeah. deeply confusing. Like the 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 English version of FF4 is definitely easier, but like mm. FF4 easy type is like is easier still and often like easier wow. in different ways. Wow. It well, it's easy in different ways. There's okay. also just like. It, it it also just simplifies language. Like it's it's meant for younger players in the sense that like they take out kanji that are hard, like mm. that are archa- sort of archaic looking that young kids would not be expected to know yet. <laughs> like if you've ever looked at the Legends of Localization comparison that uh, Clyde Mandolin Tomato uh, does. Like he's done, he's doing a playthrough of FF4 where he's like comparing basically every version of that game, like one of the fan translations, all the official localizations get their times in the spotlight. Like primarily, it's the original Japanese version, the original English version, but like he goes into nearly every version of the game that's ever existed. Wow! And he he occasionally like compares scenes of Japanese to Japanese, where he's like explaining like, oh, this was a this was a term for like betrayed. That's like kind of complex language so it's been simplified to be something that's easier to understand Hmm. very interesting definitely read those in fact always read Legend of Localization like seriously some of the most interesting uh, writing you can find about localization and how it works Hmm. also does uh, good streams of fascinating subjects just Legend of Localization I think I've endorsed it many times Uh, but yeah like there, there was always like this idea of, of like, like there's the, the paranoia of the finish a game on a rental always sort of extended to action games, whereas the idea that an RPG would be finishable on a rental was never really taken into account, and therefore we like missed out on RPGs with really complex systems because it was assumed that like there wasn't a grounding of understanding of like how RPGs work enough in the U.S. to actually sell them here. So it was, it was always more like a split type of thing because like I mean you've also got things like Rocket Knight Adventures where in Japan the game has difficulties uh, easy, normal hard, very hard and crazy hard Uh, in English it has child easy, (laughs) normal, hard so the Japanese oh yeah it doesn't have an easy mode in Japanese I should say it has normal, uh, normal hard, very hard and crazy hard and in America, it has child, easy, normal, hard. <laughs> like they—they they were just try like, they were just trying to trick you into like they were trying to wound your pride so you would not finish it on a rental just by tricking you into playing it on very hard mode. <laughs> ingenious. Disgusting. Horrible, really. but ingenious. But yeah, like. So, like, the, the idea of, like, make the game harder for the U.S., like, dates back a long time and doesn't seem to have an, uh, it have its origins in the idea that U.S. players just like harder games, although I think, like, the fact that we kept playing them anyway caused Japanese developers to assume that we must like them that way. Mm. But I think it really just has more to do with, like, you can't rent, you couldn't rent games in Japan, you could in the U.S. Oh, man, I, I read, like, this amazingly fiery, angry, like... Uh, article by like the 80s president of the IR, the RIAA where he's just like ranting and raving about how barbaric Japanese copyright law is because you could rent CDs, CDs in Japan 
and it's just like, wow, dude, you're getting just kind of racist. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was that's uh, that's something to uh, behold if you've never seen it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that the that either mindset has a lot of merit. You will just find that like, for the most part, like it depends upon what subset you're looking at and who you're marketing yeah. it. I highly doubt ever mass either sorry mass generalization was ever really true yeah oh i should i should also point out that uh, uh konami just kept doing that like uh except that sometimes they would eliminate easier di- difficulty modes like easy in metal gear solid one in america is normal in japanese we don't get jet Jap- we didn't get japan's easy mode well i mean just you know f- uh <clears throat> f konami but no, like that, which is also why Metal Gear Solid Four has super weird difficulty modes. Like they're super goofy, because uh, the difficulty modes in Metal Gear Solid Four were Liquid Easy, Naked Normal, Solid Normal, uh, Big Boss Hard, and The Boss Extreme. And like the reason that it has two normal <laughs> modes is because one is Japanese Normal and one is American Normal. Japanese Normal is Naked Normal, and American Normal is Solid. Normal. Well, at least they have everything in there to be complete. But yeah, like it was super weird that that happened. But which one is harder? Which normal is harder? Solid normal is harder. Okay. Like American normal is harder. The the by that point the differences are quite subtle. Like naked normal to solid normal is a pretty uh, it's a pretty negligible difference. Okay. Oh man. All right. Have we tapped out this question? I think so. Alright, I'm going to pause the recording here so we can insert some music. Welcome back for some more questions. Welcome uh, back to the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yes. Uh, let's continue with Budai's questions. Yes. Do you think the Switch will be the main handheld gaming system going forward, or will Nintendo come out with a successor to the 3DS? I think the point of the Switch is for Nintendo to only have one set of development teams that can all make games for one platform. Yes. <laughs> I would imagine... That's probably where it's going to go, but... I would be... Like, like my thought process is I would be surprised if they don't have something in their back pocket similar to the DS likely had a uh, secondary plan if it failed to replace the GBA. Yeah. Whereas Uh, in in this case, I think this is a situation where it's like... Yeah, we probably have something in R&D that can theoretically replace the 3DS hardware if it becomes clear that the Switch is not going to take off the way they, that we want it to, but we would much rather just be making Switch games. Yeah. And we could certainly see the case where the Switch takes off here and not so much in Japan and the 3DS soldiers on and they get put in a difficult position. It lives position. forever in yeah. like a weird cryogenically frozen state. Yeah, but I could seriously see them getting in that position and then, you know... What did they do? Yeah. 
Guess we'll see. Yeah. We shall see. Um, but yeah, I think that's certainly the where Nintendo wants to take it is make it the successor, make that their all-consuming platform, uh, which like I would it, be it okay with. It just means with. that they have fewer release gaps for both of them. Like right. Suddenly, like all of our teams are making games for one system, so all of like it's essentially just cutting in half the amount of times where they're like, well, we have to focus on this system because it's running out of games. Now we have to focus on this one. It's like suddenly we're no longer plate spinning. Yeah, and it's no longer the case. We'll be like, um, oh, sweet, a new Zelda. You know, it'll be cool to have that portable and years down the line in their next portable system, and we'll be like, sweet, a new Zelda. I'm going to play that on my giant TV and then take it on the road with me. And then realize that, yes, I could be playing Breath of the Wild while I'm hating life in this airport. (laughs) Yeah, and that is pretty damn cool. So, yeah, yeah. Like, I will start carrying around, like, whatever sort of rucksack I need to be able to take the Switch with me at all times. Yeah. Uh, I will miss the second screen, though. Yeah. But I'll find ways to emulate it in some fashion. Yeah. All right, next question. Why do you think Why? it is that Western developers don't register large sales on handhelds? Almost all popular handheld franchises are still Japanese. Because Japanese companies put money and marketing behind them and American ones don't. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I think about the last time that you saw an actual marketing push behind a handheld game that wasn't from that wasn't being made by Nintendo. Or wasn't like a Japanese franchise made by a Western developer. I it it's like like, I can't think of the last... Like, they just... Like, Western developers just don't take them seriously. Yeah. And I don't even know if there's a cure for that other than, like, the the fate that befell Japan where, like, the console market just died. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the, the, the love of handhelds in Japan has a lot of... Uh, has a lot of explanations, but part of it is just... Like, consoles became too expensive. We couldn't make games for them anymore. And, like, no one was buying them anyway, so we switched to handheld and found that you can still sell games to people on handhelds, as it turns out. Yeah, and, you know, what's interesting is the Western games we are seeing on handhelds are indie games, and yeah. they seem to be doing just fine. Yeah, they because, sell just fine, they happen. You know. And, you know, they advertise on Vita. They talk about the Vita and for some 3DS. Um, yeah. Seemed to sell reasonably well there. Yeah. Strange. Like, certainly enough to justify them continuing to get ported. And a lot of them have some pretty cool versions, like um, Dragon Fantasy. I really like uh, the versions of that they have on the 3DS. And I'm just thinking about how much I want to play ukulele on a handheld, and I can't wait for the Switch version of that. Yes. Like, that's the only reason I haven't pre-ordered ukulele yet, is I'm waiting for them to announce the Switch version that they've admitted is probably happening, because they were like, yeah, we're kind of not going to be able to make a Wii U version, but hey, Switch. Switch. We're going to switch things up. Yeah. I'm going to be making that pun so many times. It's going to be awful, and I'm going to just, like... Like, knock you into the ground like a railroad spike. Let's switch the topic up. I hate you so much. <laughs> Moving on. 
yeah, I think we pretty much crushed that question. Um, what would you consider Final Fantasy XV's biggest strength and biggest weakness? I haven't finished it, and I've heard that Chapter 13 is awful, but I haven't played it yet, so I can't speak to that. But I'll say that I think FF15's biggest strength is just the exactly what I was sort of hoping for before the game came out, which is the sense of camaraderie that it builds between its four main characters. Yeah. Where it's like, these people talk to each other like they like each other, and they talk with the sort of, like, casualness that you expect from people who are friends, and that makes them more fun to watch and relate to. And when weakness, they, when they okay. go through difficulties... And, you know, they're bickering with each other. It feels real instead of, like, corny and forced. Yeah. And I guess weakness would just be that, like, it's it's very much like us, like, you have the open part of the game and you have the linear part of the game and they don't intersect that much. Yeah, I was going to kind of say the same thing. Like, there's this huge, cool open world to explore and it can kind of pull you out of the story a bit. And when you jump back in, yeah. you may not even remember what exactly we're doing. Yeah. So, like, I, th- I think it is it is a good direction for the series as a whole. It's a good, like, case study in how to write characters in a way that makes them feel more fun to, like, to get attached to. Like, I, I feel like more than anything, like, if I can reasonably, uh, like, criticize the... Uh, the, the games that happened in, like, I, lo- I love FF12, but it's not, its characters aren't as easy to get attached to. I enjoy FF13, but, like, even though I think the character arcs are good, the characters are harder to get attached to. And some of them are annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but, not lovable. <laughs> yeah, but, but, like, the major point is, like, a character can be intentionally annoying. True. Prompto is supposed to be a little annoying. Yeah. But it works. Like, but, you know, like, you get attached to them and it doesn't matter that like, oh, they do that thing that's like, oh, that's a little obnoxious, but it's like, oh, yeah, but that's what he does. That's what makes yeah. him fun. But like, you, like, more than anything, it is interesting to see a Final Fantasy cast like 20 years on from when I really got into the series and be like, yes, these are characters that I just sort of love watching do things. And like, it's it's been a while since that felt like the focus. Yeah, and so like I feel feel like that is its greatest triumph. It's like that it that sense of attachment that it builds just in like not even when major things are happening. Yeah, I mean I I don't think I've been attached to a cast of characters this much since I want to say nine, but there were a lot of characters in that I didn't care about. So I, if I, we're lifting directly from like Final Fantasy alone, for me, yeah, it's probably nine. Yeah. Nine, and then before that, six. For me, seven's a huge one. Like, seven's got a lot of characters that I really love. But, uh... Like, if we're just talking about RPGs in general, it'd be something like Persona 4, which also really nails the Uh, cast dynamic. Yep. Yep. Like, I keep going back to that well, but, like, I feel like that's why Persona 4 had such an enduring legacy. It's just, like, I love these people. I want to watch them do things. Yeah. You, you want to see where things go with them, how their relationships change, and how the characters grow, because you look at a lot of characters in there, and they have some major flaws, which you expect from yeah. high school kids. And, you know, that's another thing about it. They seem like actual high school kids instead of just, like, 
the cliche high school kids saving the world. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, give give them something you can relate to. Yeah. Like, like the thing that's important to remember is that like the thing that draws us into fantasy is both the alien world that we want to see and the people that are that feel like people we would know that react to that alien world different that react to that alien world the way we would. Yeah. And, and like, there's there's room for fantasy that divorces from reality, but there needs to be like that human core of like, but there's still humanity, even if it's not one to one humanity. Sorry, no, And that kind of brings me back to a series we were talking about earlier, the Atelier series, because that's uh, a real big focus on the, those games, probably because of kind of the smaller scale. But just like a lot of the interactions are the forefront of the game, and very made to be very important. Yeah, emphasis is important. Like mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of good character moments in games that just don't emphasize them, so you don't think about them as games with character. But like character, like you know, that sense of pathos and humanity is what sort of keeps you invested in a narrative. At, like after the. <laughs> After it's done all of the narrative it's going to do, it's what makes you want more narrative. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Final Fantasy XV certainly isn't a perfect game, but I think um, certainly so many good things came out of its troubled development, it's not even funny. Like, my thought process would be that it, like... It's so much more interesting than a perfect game that didn't try for what it did would have been. Yeah. And I mean, you go back and look at the series and its history, and a lot of ways, that's that's Final Fantasy. Reaching, reaching for new and cooler things, and even if you don't reach it, that's okay, because you made the Sometimes, attempt. Sometimes you fizzle, but like, sometimes there's you always a reason for you to have existed. Like, you know, even the Final Fantasy games that I don't enjoy, like, there was always a reason for them to have existed. Like, no other game did what they did. Yeah. I mean, we can make fun of Final Fantasy VIII all day, but... Like, I hate playing Final (laughs) Fantasy VIII, but I can't deny the fact that, like, there's no other game that is Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. Like, when when you settle for generic, you end up with, like, there's, like, a billion other games that are basically the same thing. Yeah. And it's really great to see the series get back to that, you know, because as much as I do enjoy Final Fantasy XIII, you look at that and it feels incredibly forced, and especially looking at its sequel, which looked like it was just, you know, checking things off a checklist. It's it's a constituted, like, boxes of, like, we have assets and we have this kind of player feedback. Yeah. How do we how do we put these two things together in a way that will try to satisfy as many people as possible? And that's not final. That's not Final Fantasy, guys. It's not. It's never. I'm very been. excited. I'm excited for the point where Final Fantasy VII turns into just SSX for like 18 hours in the remake because they just expand that part too much. <laughs> uh, and you know we can see a lot I'm of this. Not even being ironic. We can see a lot of this in Final Fantasy XIV as well, which is just. <laughs> I am still amazed that they turned that absolute piece of garbage into one of the most successful MMOs out there. It's just mind One of the only, one of the two MMOs that can still charge a subscription service. Yeah. 
Yeah, think, think about that for a second. It's just insane. But, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that game launched and existed for an entire year, not charging subscription fees, thank you, that people actually bought, and they relaunched it. When when has that ever happened? To success. They, they were able to rebrand it so completely that people have largely forgotten about the fact that it was a disaster for, like, three years. Yes, and I am still absolutely honored that I got to meet the director. Uh, <laughs> bugger off. Yeah. But Final Fantasy is finally, I think, you know, love or hate Final Fantasy XV, the series is back where it should be, trying new things, bringing the genre forward instead of trying to meet Being all your... Leader. Instead of trying to meet all your absurd checklists. Screw you. Screw you, 13-2. I'm so angry at that game. I am never going to stop being angry at that game. I hate that game to its very okay, core. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Alright, yes, let's not... I already complained enough about things last episode. Let's move on. Um, what can Western developers learn from Eastern developers and vice versa? Ooh, this I feel like I sh- should nice. veto this question because we've already had an hour-long question. Uh, maybe save this for when we have a bit more thin on the ground. Sure. So we'll go into this deeper later, but I would just say um, the only thing I want to say about this now until we expand this is I think Western developers, outside of indie developers, because they do lots of cool things, Western developers are too one-dimensional with the genre. It's too... There's, there's too many monolithic examples yeah. of, like, this is how the genre works. It's like, okay, open world, open world, open world, open world. Um, Diablo clone, Diablo clone, Diablo clone, Diablo clone. Like, that's what an action RPG is in the West. It's a Diablo yeah. clone. And like, Kingdom Hearts and Dark Souls are both action RPGs. And they are Think about absurdly that. different. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, and that's not to say that any of these are bad by any stretch, but it's it's just so one-dimensional from Western developers. And, like, some of that is just that we don't get a lot of the generic also-rans, but it's also just, like, because of the, the risk-averse nature and the Western uh, development uh, side being much more tilted in AAA's favor, like, you run into this the homogenization of we need to appeal to the broadest possible audience. The most people buy this kind of game. Yeah. And hey, but we just talked about they, a series that it seems is not does not try to do that. Yay. Possibly does not try to do that again. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if they fall. Into I'm dreaming of a. I'm dreaming of a Final Fantasy 16 not directed by Matomo Toriyama. Not because I don't think he's ever made a good game, but because I think that uh, well, 13 shows that he's capable. He's, that he has some issues of directorial style that occasionally uh, mm. bleed out. Yeah. We shall see. The future is exciting instead of horribly depressing. Yes. I dream. We are the dreamers of dreams. It's good to dream. When was the last time we talked about the future of Final Fantasy without being horribly depressed? Big ol' asterisk. Yes, or a giant asterisk. Or just looked at Bravely Default and shook our fists. I think we're still doing that. Like, what do you think my other hand is doing? It's true, but it, 
but at least we have Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> yeah. Bravely Default can be for people who aren't me. Bravely Default can be our drink coasters while we play Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> it can't be my drink coaster. I bought a digital copy, not a physical one. Oh, because then, yeah, then you'd have to use your 3DS as a drink coaster. Yeah, no, I use that for good things. Yeah, that's Good things like Ace Attorney. Well, you can eject the SD card you have in- installed on and no, you can't. Not on a new 3DS. It's giant pain. Oh, I think God, I screwed, that's screwed right. the screws on the dang thing. I forgot about that. Well, you can just delete it and... <laughs> delete it and on. be grumpy at it. Yes. Over Overwrite his bits with something more entertaining. Yeah, for example, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, we should probably... That was me being mean. Let's move on. <laughs> probably move on. Gaijin has some good questions. Yes. Okay. Gaijin's year-end review stuff. Year-end review stuff. Well, most of my big events for 2016 were presented either on Japan or on the in the international news, but it seems like it's been at least five years since any of any one console could be described as an RPG mainstay PS2 DS era. There are plenty of games from the RPG Gestalt. Gestalt on current consoles, but do you think we'll ever see another bloom of extreme variety and quantity like there was on the SNES, PSX, PS2, TBA, or DS? I miss my quirky little games. Gosh darn it. Now, uh, I'm I no- agree with your truest heart, sir. Yes. I'm no... I like a lot of indie games. I don't want to be someone that's pushing indie games as like the future or something like that, but I think that's... A place where it's where the mid-tier went. It's yes. where the experimental tier went. Certainly in the West, anyway. So I think we can see that again from in that regard. And if uh, if as those... indies find more and more of a place in the uh, broader industry, like I think you'll start to notice where they come from. Yeah. So if those you know seem to sell or do better on one particular console, I can certainly see that becoming like the de facto system for those sorts of games, which would include, I assume, lots of cool RPGs. If JRPG developers embrace the uh, the uh, what you call it, the Switch, the way that they uh, to greater and lesser extents embrace the 3DS and DS, like that also has potential. Like, I wouldn't really look for it from, like, PS4, especially not the X-Bone. Yeah. Like, PS4 hasn't really gained much traction in Japan, and, like, X-Bone, it's the X-Bone. Have, have they sold a an X-Bone in Japan? I to think to someone sold, who's not... I think they sold one. Who's someone not over... Who's, like, not a Westerner living in Japan. To someone who's not, like, a Westaboo? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Those exist. You know, we joke, but um, you go ahead and look. Try and look up sales for the Xbox in Japan, and it's they're worse than the original Xbox yeah, in Japan. That's... The original Xbox box literally failed to sell through its initial uh, shipment in its entire lifetime in Japan. That's uh, ouch. Ouch. It launched and it was routinely being outsold by the Dreamcast in 2002. <laughs> Oh, oh God, that's bad. Like it got wrecked. 
and the Xbox is doing worse in Japan. Like it's it's a dead letter there. So, well, I, but yeah, like I guess if the PS4 isn't doing well, some console, similar console from the US, certainly will not be doing much better. Yeah, like it's the same, but with less like support for games that you know the market there cares about. So. Like, the only reason you get it is if you're one of those Japanese players that's complaining that they're butchering the Call of Duty translations there. But hey, you can play Blue Dragon on it now. Oh, man, don't play Blue Dragon on anything. Play Lost Odyssey instead. Yeah. It was free. Hopefully you picked it up while it was free. If not, it's, hey, it's like $20 and you should buy it anyway. Play Blue Dragon Awakened Shadow on your old DS. Don't, don't, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Play Blue Dragon no. Plus on your old DS. No. There's so many of them. Like, I don't understand why there's so many DS Blue Dragon games. They really thought that was going to be a proper franchise. I'm pretty sure, story-wise, they don't even... They, like, overread each other, too. I think they're too. all the same. Yeah, I think they're all the same story. No, no, they're, no, that's the funny thing. They're not, and I'm pretty sure, like, they overread each other, as in... They're they're all just they like can't the same both exist. idea, and then see one is an RTS. Why? And the other is an action RPG. Wait, what? Oh yeah. man, Hideo Baba had uh, a hand in Blue Dragon Awakened Shadow for some reason. Yeah, who knows why? But uh, the, the... if you don't remember who that is off the top of your head, that's the uh, guy who's. Like, whenever you hear an interview about, like, the latest Tales of game, it's always with Hideo Baba. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, that that RTS one, I believe, came out around the same time as the Final Fantasy twelve sequel that was also RTS. Revenant Wings. Yes. Garbage. Revenant Wings is an RTS with a stealth sequence. Guys, just just because it has a stylus and a second screen does not mean it's the ideal platform for an RTS. I'm sorry. Guess what? It's RTS is require tons of resolution. It doesn't work yeah, well on a DS. The, yeah. Bad, bad idea. Why did we get all three of these? Like, why did all of these get localized? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Wikipedia claims that they're all sequels to each other, so who knows? Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, broad RPG systems. Yeah, I, th- I feel like it's 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 going to be hard because you just need the like the diversity of games that you uh, to create that sort of like critical mass. And like, I don't know that that can happen again. But like, it's going to take like a crossover success that can like draw in some of the developers that got siphoned off into mobile and some of the developers that got siphoned off into indie while still keeping some of the developers that work in AAA to hit that critical mass. Yeah. So, we'll see. I could kind of see the Switch being like a place where... uh, In in an ideal world, the Switch is the best position to do that, but it's a question of how well it gets adopted. Right. But I could see that as the place, kind of because the 3DS to some extent is that place where you see games not necessarily pushing the highest end graphics where like kind of a less than triple a type of yeah i feel like you're gonna see a lot of switch games that look like like you're gonna see switch games that look like breath of the wild and you're gonna see switch games that look like 
you're going to see Switch games that look like a mobile game. Yeah. And I, I don't actually think that's a bad thing. No. Like, the the idea that, like... There's lots of nice-looking on... mobile games. Yeah, but I don't even mean that. I mean, like, you're going to see ones that uh, look like cheap mobile games. Yeah, but I think... Yeah. I, again, I don't think that's a problem. I think the idea that, like... A, like all the games on this console have to look top of the line. They have to look like they belong on this console. Is a situation that stifles like a lot of low end product that yeah. like could that like can't find the budget like to be both experimental and look good. Yeah. So like I, I feel like the the DS line's willingness to have like a vast gulf between what a high budget game looks like and a low budget look game looks like has actually been one of its greatest strengths. There, I ranted. Alright. Well, we'll see how things shake out. Um, I dream. We dream the impossible dream. You know, I think there are some kind of some games, some Japanese games specifically like that on PS4, but I think they only exist because they also are doing Vita ports at the same time, and that's probably going to go away at some point. Yeah, like eventually when the Vita dies, it becomes a question of like how much is Sony going to allow this to happen, and how yeah. many of those games, like Sony Computer Entertainment America, or I believe they're currently Sony Interactive Entertainment America, uh, or like Sony Interactive Entertainment, like whatever. The point is, they've always been more stringent about graphical requirements. Like from their inception, they've always been like this needs to look like a game that belongs on our system. They are to blame yep. for some PSP games we missed out on getting. They're to blame for some PS1 games we missed out on getting. Mm. Probably PS2 as well. Yeah, probably. Uh, I know Mystical Ninja Goemon, like, working designs died because Victor Ireland refused to give up on that. <laughs> they were like, he was like, hey, I want to release Mystical Ninja Goemon. I already licensed it and paid for its translation. And Sony Computer Entertainment America was like, this looks like garbage, and it's a launch game. Why are you trying to release it in 2005? This looks like garbage. You are garbage. Take this garbage out of our face. And it's like, I would have played that, and seven other people would have played that, and no one else. Yeah. But, like, the, the, the hang-up that, like, it needs to, every title needs to look representative or else our system looks weak is kind of silly. A little bit. Just, just a wee Like people aren't going to regret, re- forget that Final Fantasy 15 happened because they later saw like, freaking I don't know, Steamworld, uh, Jimmy Johnson's anything with an engine. But the other, I'm... yeah, they are letting a lot of indie things even like being released on physical discs that aren't. Yeah, I think the they, I think they've things. cooled off somewhat. So yeah. like, hopefully. But, you know, that's one thing. I don't necessarily think they're going to let, like, some big publishers start going at that. Yeah, I do appreciate their willingness to let boutique publishers order very small runs of games and still, like, treat them normally. Yes. Like, this is is a physical game that looks like a normal physical game and, like, comes on a normal physical package. I bought the SteamWorld collection on Wii U, but I do appreciate that Sony also allowed that on a disc on PS4. And that doesn't seem to be happening on Xbox One, which is strange. Yeah, it's weird. Like they, they, like from what I've heard, Limited Run like just can't get and get an in with Microsoft to let them do that. And that's like something that I hope Microsoft will improve on because and there's not even a they're sh- not hurting you. There's not even a <laughs> physical Shante disc for Xbox One. 
Yeah, like, there was a period, like, the reason that I know about this is that, like, when Oddworld New and Tasty was being released by Limited Run, uh, someone, like, tweeted at Oddworld, like, why isn't this coming out on, like, Xbone? And they were like, we want to, but, like, Limited Run doesn't have enough, like, they can't get Microsoft to play ball with them, so. I would hope that, like, the idea of, like, these little boutique, like, some people still like physical packaging, like approve these smaller boutique physical packaging producers and yeah. maybe you know like just as, even just as goodwill you're not losing money on it mighty number no. <laughs> nine got a disc somehow yeah that in with deep silver somehow allowed that to happen whoops hey guess what's still not out mighty number no. nine 3ds and vita mm. guess what's never coming out no it's gonna happen man it's totally fine those games are not coming came out. came out on 360. It can totally come out on the Vita and the... It took until, like, December yes. to come out on Linux and Mac. Mm. It's true. They just had, like, a... They had, like, a badge on it that said that it was Mac and Linux compatible for, like, six months when it wasn't. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. <laughs> that's pretty gross on both Steam and Comstep. Yeah, part. a little bit. Because I'm not sure there was a warning that there you, wasn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no warning. <laughs> there was no Mac Linux version yet. Uh... Like, apparently it was enough to say we want to, we intend to release one, and, like, no one ever checked in to see if it existed. <sighs> Video games. Video games. All right. Should we move on? Let's rapid-fire a couple of these Law Whoops questions and then save a couple of other ones. Okay. And if your question is from Law Whoops... Oh, God, there are a lot of these. Let me see. What are some of the good yeah, ones here? Blah, 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 blah. What are some game mechanics that should be put to pasture after this year? Card games. You <laughs> son of a bitch. You're going to make me swear. You shut up. <laughs> I just started playing another one of those, which I have to be playing on stream. Yeah, Shadowverse. Gross! It's basically anime Hearthstone. Get out! Friendverse! <laughs> like, it literally has almost all the same mechanics, just with different wording. <laughs> Get out! We're done. I'm done. You were just like, I can't be playing Hearthstone with both hands. I gotta be playing something else. Oh, the Shadowverse! It's, it's cool. You should try it. No! Get out! My <laughs> <laughs> podcast now. Um, this isn't even really a mechanic, but anything that claims to be roguelike, just, oh. just please shut up. It's just, I'm, I don't want. I don't mean to sound mean, but please just shut up. Like I can understand that. Like it's it's appealing to be able to say infinite content, infinite replayability, and it's just like I would. I'm so much happier if you just make levels. Yeah. I'll replay your same designed levels more than once. I promise. I'll promise that if you'll make if you'll make levels. There are genres and games for which like random generation is highly appropriate, and there are genres and games where it's just like no, like I don't want to play your roguelike golf simulator. I'm sorry. Oh man. I wonder if that's actually it's, a real thing. You just get you just get like a million of the stupid windmills. Oh, man. Like, it's just a roguelike mini-golf game, and it's just nothing but windmills. <laughs> uh, uh. Speaking of which, you got to play golf in Dead Rising 4 with me. 
I do. Uh, let me think what else here. Um, Activision being Activision. Why? Activision, please. Activision. I, I understand you have the Turtles license, and that really pisses me off. Um, but if you're going to have Platinum Games make a Turtle game, please give them the effing time to make an awesome Turtle game. And this is coming from someone that likes the one they released. Please give them more than seven minutes and $18. Seriously. Ah! Like, Platinum is handling it the right way. They're like, this is how we teach uh, new employees how to make our games in our style. But, uh, <laughs> but it's still one of those situations where it's like, you know how long you have this license, and you gave them a use for the license that was not tied into anything, and still gave them no time and no money. Yes. And right. it's like, this isn't like, say, the Legend of Korra game, where they had like a specific point in the show that it tied into, and that it made sense to release at this time. Like this was a game that like you intended to sell on a disc for full price. You knew how long you had the license, and you didn't tie it into any particular version of the license. It's just yes. that gestalt idea of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that it's tied into. Didn't they release it near the new movie, though? Which Vaguely, but not like... I don't even think in the same month. Yeah, and I don't Like, it think... was in the lead-up to it, but... And I don't think that movie did well anyway. It didn't. Um, probably it did, because... It did people... Worst movie over movie the previous one. Well, probably... Well, Sure. I haven't seen it, so I don't want to sound like I'm passing judgment, but I'm going to anyway. Um, after seeing the first movie, people probably didn't want to see some terrible uh, butchering of their childhood. Explain Transformers 5. Because um, that comes out this year, by the way. Ugh. But, yeah. Um, like I mean, I the, the TV show's on. Release it when a new season of the TV show starts. Yeah, yeah but like, it's not even tie- Like, it's also not even really aimed at the kids watching the TV show. It seems to be for nostalgic fans. Yeah. It's super weird. Like, it's super goofy the way they've gone about this. Yeah, I don't really get it. Like, they did... And they did a much better job with the... With, uh... I always forget its official title. Danger of the Ooze. That's what it is. Oh, well, Which... yeah, The Way Forward. Yeah, which uh, obviously needed a much cheaper budget and was tied into a new season and whatnot, and yeah. turned out much better. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean you're right. It's not tied to any particular turtles thing. Why, why did it not have the time it deserved? And you know, like I said, it's it's fun. Specifically, it's fun with friends. Um, you would see, not want to play it alone. Yeah, I could see playing it alone and being kind of annoyed. Um, but it's definitely fun with friends, and it has a lot of features to encourage you to play more with friends, like multiple difficulties, secret bosses that don't, and other uh, things that don't necessarily show up, um, roguelike elements where the <laughs> missions are randomized. But honestly, it almost works for that, just by virtue of the fact that, like, you don't care what random sewer you're wandering through, you just want to punch things. Yeah, well, I don't think any of the levels are actually randomized, I think it's just, like, the missions. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. But still, same principle. Like, it'll be, you know, disarm these bombs and things like that. Oh, boy, swim through the dam. Well, I mean, it's, 
Well, then they're never that annoying. Why? Why would you remind me of that game? By the way, because you aren't it. Oh. But yeah, it's never anything that annoying. But it, it is nice to have that a little randomized. Um, how did we even get what? What? Oh yeah, things and mechanics you'd like to see put to pass. Jacks that need to die in a fire. Um. I'd say quick time events, but I think they're mostly out to pasture anyway. Yeah, those are those are dead. Um, let's see. I'll pull up one, uh, another law whoops one that I want to. Hold on, I want to. I don't want to jump. Okay, I don't want to jump immediately off this one. Do you still have more, more mechanics you're angry about? Uh, I'm just um, racking my brain just to make sure there isn't anything else. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I can think of right now. Let's see. Let's do what 20 or 16 RPGs do you recommend those that might have skipped this year? Hmm. Fire Emblem Pound? Yeah, Sharp FE, like, logically, most people probably haven't played. It's, pr it's pretty cheap now. Uh, if you have a Wii U, or the Wii U is probably about to be very cheap, so... Yeah. Uh, and there's yeah. other stuff you can play on it, including a bunch of cool Wii games. So, or Xenoblade Chronicles X, which you also yeah. probably didn't play, but it's technically a 2015 game. And you can just play Xenogears, the original, or sorry, not Xenogears. Xenoblade. Thank you, Xenoblade, the original. So there. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Drag Quest 7. Which... DQ 7 sales would seem to imply that no one played it. Uh, well, um, or, or... Dead Rising 4, I know for a fact no one but me played. Dishonored 2. Is that an RPG? No, but why the F are you people not buying more Dishonored? Seriously. Pissing me off. It'll come back. You already it's probably a... killed the Thief series. Don't you dare kill another Why series you... I love. It'll be back. It'll be back when someone gets nostalgic for it in 10 all years. Alright, alright, alright. That's a long time, though. I know. Sorry. Um, I sure hope Deus Ex sold. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, too. Um, let me think what else. Uh, Seventh Dragon... Uh, insert whatever the, hell it's, whatever the hell its official title is here. Seventh Dragon Code 3. BFG. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly good RPG, which I reviewed, not really expecting a whole ton, and absolutely had a blast with it, so definitely recommend yeah. that. Uh, Yokai uh, Watch. Oh man, Japan Dream. No, wait, that's the wrong one. Yeah, Yokai Watch 2. Highly recommend that series. Which did you um, get, Bony Souls or Fleshy Spirits? The hell did I end up going with? I'm just going to assume both. Um, I have no comment in that matter. That means yes. I have no comment in that matter. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I bought both. I only kept one of them, but I bought both. Wait, what? Yes. yes. What did you do, and why? Stole, uh, took the metal out of it and sold it. Wow, gross. Yeah. Alright, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> um... Basically, a lot of 3DS stuff. Uh, 3DS uh, SMT4 Apocalypse didn't seem like it got the kind of pickup that I would have hoped for. Yeah, definitely recommend that one. Um, 
Fire Emblem Fates if you whined about its localization for uh, reasons we already discussed. And even if you didn't, like, it seems like it, it's one of those situations where, like, it came out at the beginning of the year, so people kind of forgot that it happened by the end of the year. So. Yeah. But like, I here's mean, your reminder: it's still there. They're all three are good. But I don't. I probably don't need to mention that one because it sold like freaking hotcakes. So. Yeah, it sold pretty well. Um, uh, Dragon Quest Builders. Yep, Dragon Quest Builders. Even if you didn't like Minecraft, because I don't like Minecraft, and I had a blast with Builders. So. Yeah. Uh, a lot of great, a lot of great stuff this year. Actually, a really, really good year. Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. Yeah, which seemed like it sort of came and went sleepily, so, like, you know, get of, back to it if kind you kind of came it. out in a weird time. Like, August was a weird time. Well, August was the time that Human Revolution also came out, so... Really? Okay, so... Both at weird times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, those are those are both great ideas. Like, like, all those are... Like, there's so much good stuff that came out this year. Uh, there's no way you played it all. Uh, the uh, Atlier game, which um, it's not the best, but I, re- I like it a lot. I'm having fun with it. Um, uh, is that Sophie? Or... Yeah. A resident uh, reviewer, Sam, who reviews lots of these, I think gave it a 3 out of 5. Um, it was Middle ki- of the road Atlier? Yeah. It was, you know, from what I remember from a review, it was kind of a step back in a lot of ways, combat wise, and in some other ways. Despite yeah, I've heard the Dust games had like surprisingly like more combat depth than the Adelaide games usually have. Yeah, it, the one major advantage of it is it got rid of a lot of deadlines, so it feels a lot. Freer. It's a much friendlier game. Yeah, so that's probably why um, uh, I'm having, I guess, more fun with it. But I also, the last one I played was Totori, so. It probably just feels a bit fresher, so I am looking forward to going into the previous subseries, which sounds really cool. So yeah, I, the dusk um, ones look I, real neat. I will probably look less favorably on it after playing those, but I am having fun, and I do think that's a series that people tend to overlook. Yeah, it has its dedicated fans, yeah. and it doesn't really get much penetration outside you, that. You, so. sh- you shouldn't overlook it. It's fun. And it's fun, it's chill, it's calm. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like just stress-free. Characters are fun. And um, I just see people like dismissing it as like anime nonsense. And it's like, no, guys, that's it's, it's not a tale storyline. <laughs> uh, it's much more chill than that. Yeah. Uh, and I like Tales games, as yeah. we all know, but um, they are generally anime nonsense anime as hell yes uh, and I think about the, that's about it skip yeah. skip to sky of five even though that came out at the wow, end harsh. of 15 and not 16 F looking game. forward to when it comes out on Vita and you have to review it again no <laughs> I, I can't I can't do that again but what if it fixed it what if they fixed it man I still don't think I can do it. I, I'm pretty sure that game like broke me on reviewing games in general. Wow. Yeah. I was just like... You reviewed things after that came out, by the I way. I did, and I had fun reviewing some games after that, but it just... like The burn of trying to finish that game, I think, just... It, 
at least for the immediate future. You have to future, recalibrate yourself. Yeah, if, at least for the immediate future, it kind of broke me on reviewing reviewing long games. Like, I think Fair most, enough. most of the stuff I reviewed after was generally Code shorter. BFD. Yeah, that wasn't too long, so... Ugh. Video games. Like, I think if I picked up, like, a game I liked less, I don't... I After that, I just don't think I had, would have the resolve to just... <laughs> go. And, and I think I've generally had, like, a good resolve to once I start reviewing games, just to... Even if it takes a while just to finish, and I just... <sighs> that game... I mean, it's it wasn't even the worst game I've ever reviewed or anything. It's just kind of, you know, I, I don't there was so I, much of yeah, it. I don't want to go into my issues with that game because everyone else seemed to enjoy it, and and maybe that series just isn't for me anymore because it's going in. Is all the things I loved about about this guy? It seems like apparently no one else did does, and they're just throwing all that away. So it's kind of sad. <sighs> New Year's resolution for 2017. Play some frickin' video games. Yeah, uh, my resolution is play some Atlier. Uh, I'm thinking at least three I want to finish in the year. So I'm making good progress on Sophie. I want to start the sub-series. The previous sub-series? Yeah. That starts with Aisha. Yeah, so I'll probably try and do Aisha and the one after that. Or, depending on how good the one, the uh, next one in the current subseries is, I may do that one first. So we'll see. But yeah, I want to dig into that backlog, backlog, and also finally finish Dot Heck Gu. Oh man, it's, I'd almost forgotten how long it's been since you played Volume One of that. Way too long. Like three years, I think. Got distracted by too many things. That actually was super, super good. Yeah. And I think I was kept hoping they'd do like an HD collection that never happened. <sighs> please. Please. On Switch. Do it on Switch. That'd be great. There you go. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, and um, I, I have a I, my Tales backlog is built up as well. I want to tackle like two games off of that, at least. And those which, are my resolutions. Which, which ones? Um, Zillia and Zestiria, probably. Just Zillia one. Yeah, and not really. I may try two, but I'm, I have like no expectation of finishing it. Yeah, Zillia two did not. Excite me, I don't own it. Yeah. But then again, I didn't finish Exilia 1, because I was like, this is kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, your resolutions, anything particular? Uh, get a job. Sha-na-na-na, sha-na-na-na-na, get a job. <laughs> That's a good one. It's the uh, same resolution as last year. Yeah. Right. Oh, also... <laughs> Honest, I will swear less on the show, maybe. 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 Uh, anything else? 
Nothing I can think of. Okay. Um, should we do one more and then call it a day? Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, I saw one in here. Uh, I saw one in here I wanted to do, and now I don't even know. What game is your run is your runner up of the year? What made it almost the best? Never so, the bridesmaid, never the bride. So I guess we should say what we think the best was first, or this may be confusing. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, so. <laughs> uh, uh, like fifteen, like pushed other games out of my brain. I'm trying to think of like what my runner up would be. Pokemon Moon. Oh man, I still need to play that. And why did it end up as runner up? Because 15 came out. <laughs> because it wasn't as shiny, I don't know. This is harder than I thought. Like, you, you just have to think about, like, you know. Like, sometimes it's okay that it's just, like, it just didn't do as much for me. Think about <laughs> how Team Skull is hilarious and absurd. They're just beat. Team Skull is beat. See, like, I haven't played Pokemon Sun and Moon yet. I feel kind of bad about that, but then, you know, maybe I can just wait until Stars happens. Yeah, I, I don't there's probably like three or four RPGs that would be top tier for me and I would have to rack my brain to figure out the minutia as to the differences um, and that's kind of the thing there were some really really fantastic RPGs this year and um, really I'll, not, I'll just I'll not, just throw in for Sharp Effie because poor Sharp Effie is going to get forgotten yeah poor Pound Fire Emblem um yeah, there were a lot of really good RPGs this year, and I think not too many, like, disappointments. Yeah. Like, I was thinking of my disappointments for the year, or letdowns, or whatever you want to call that category. And I think one of the ones that first came to mind was Dark Souls 3, not because I think it's a bad game, but just, like, personal disappointments <laughs> that made you suck. a good time with the S3. Y'all garbage. Uh, Get in the trash can. I mean, after that, it's like, what was majorly disappointing? Maybe Atlier, if it really is not as if good. If you're as, a huge fan of Atlier, maybe. And, and it's really that big of a downgrade. But other than that... Just, that wouldn't be your disappointment. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of good games this year. And a lot of good games. A lot of very good games. Pretty good games. Lots of good. Not too many bad. Like I struggled to look at releases this year and find out find this year's Mugensils. Uh, like you weren't disappointed by Mugensils because you didn't freaking like expect anything. Oh yeah, now out I'm just it. thinking of what RPGs were just bad that came out this year. Nothing that I played. <laughs> yeah. Like if we expanded beyond RPGs, it's like for me, it's like oh, The Last Guardian was, you know. That's a, that's a ten-year thud. But I like that game. I didn't. I know. I didn't I know. know you played it. Yeah. 
the wife got like, me it for spent, Christmas. Yeah, I just, like, at, at first I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. And then, like, you know, five hours in, I was like, okay, I'm mostly done with this. And then the game kept going for another seven to ten hours. Hmm. It's just like, oh, you're still doing the same thing, and Trico's still a frickin' idiot. <laughs> Like it's not even like he's not even like a particularly realistic idiot. He's like a bad video game AI idiot. Yeah, it's it's a, I I've had fun and but it's also been like wow I should really go back and play Eco, shouldn't I? Yeah, Eco is just this but better. Yeah. Uh, well, I will do that possibly on stream. Yeah, I can yell at you about where all of the couches in the game are. There's couches. That's what you save, Aniko, on. You oh, save nice. by going to the couch. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap up the show with that. 2016 was an interesting year. Um, video games were good in 2016. Video games were good. I've made a non-controversial statement. Yes. Video games were great in 2016. Music took some major blows in 2016. Just, just, just go listen. Now you're gonna try. Stuff. Yeah, now you're gonna try listing off all the cool musicians who died in 2016. Yeah. Like, I'm just gonna sit here listening to Jeff Rosenstock and yeah. like crying that David Bowie is still dead a year later. Uh, Leonard Cohen. Even the singer of Wham, man. George Michael. Right. Yeah. Listen, I will continue to sing Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go in his honor. You know I put that as the opening music to last episode, right? Well, you should have put it to the, as the opening music to every episode. I should. Don't leave me hanging on like a oh, year ago. Yeah, I was going to have that as like, the question of the week. Should we have specific opening theme music, or should we continue to go with... like? I feel like we're even more likely to get sued for our uses of these songs if we're using the same one over and over and over. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Alright, that's it for this week. But the question is open if you guys would prefer to not allow wheels to continue to be as eclectic as possible. Yep. We'll see what people think. Alright, so uh, send us questions in the forums. Twitter, I'm Ask Wheels. He's at FanboyMaster. Uh, email wheels at rpgamer.com. Uh, most people are posting in the forums these days, which is fine. Makes it easiest for us to collect questions. Yeah, we love like just like starting, getting ready to do a new episode and then looking for more questions and seeing like, oh, there's an entire thread full of them. That's really yeah. good. Thank you, guys. We've somehow been doing this for nearly nearly two years. Think about that for a moment. Yeah, it's crazy. Like as of like February, we'll have been doing this for two years. How are we still alive? I'll tell you why. Because this episode is brought to you by Legend of Legacy. It's awesome, guys. Available now on the eShop and your local game retailer. Maybe if your local game retailer is stocking something from like a year ago. Um, Available now on the eShop and probably Amazon and eBay. Yeah, basically. But not uh, eBay because that's probably just used copies. Be careful of those. Um, Available now on the eShop. Ignore used copies. But yeah, no, like I can't believe we've been doing this for like two years. Uh, well, 
if you think that's bad, I've been doing Q&A-ish stuff for... Uh, yeah, but you had like a like year six off. Six years? Well, time. was it a year? I think it was... Yeah, it was probably almost a year. But yeah, like, it, it, it's... It's been an ever an ever present part of your life yeah. in some fashion. You're always getting asked questions like, "Sir, what are you doing here?" <laughs> Sir, do you realize that we're that that's not allowed in this establishment? Sir, is that a Vita in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Sir, that uh, the things being displayed on that screen are not appropriate for the library. <laughs> Sir, are you aware of your right to an attorney? <laughs> Dude, where's my car? What's my tattoo say? Oh, that's the best movie. It's, it's the only scene of that movie that I'm aware of. It's That is the best worst movie of all time. What's mine say? Dude, what's mine say? Sweet. Oh, good times. It's a good movie. It's a good film. Is it? It's a good high film. film. Yes, high quality. Triple A. Alright, let's get the hell out of here. We'll see you next time. See you next mission. Possibly with less swears. Ideally. Promises.